All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Just a Girl from Cleveland. I can already tell in my voice that this is going to be <laughs> a tough episode to get through. It, it's hard on these game days, man. It just takes everything out you, and I think even the physical exhaustion wears on my voice throughout the weekend, and I'm just always struggling on Mondays when I go to record these, but we're going to power through. We're going to keep doing it. Um, I am recording this right now at the very beginning of Monday Night Football, and I thought I was about to start this recording saying that the Chiefs scored a touchdown, uh, but instead, right before I started recording, Patrick Mahomes threw an interception in the end zone, which is always kind of thrilling for me. It's not even that I hate Patrick Mahomes that much. It just, it feels good that the Chiefs are struggling, honestly. It's like the one thing I can hold on to that makes me feel a little bit better about the state of the Cleveland Browns right now. Um, Is that a team that people were thinking would go undefeated this season and be the first 17-0 team ever is uh, not performing very well at all, even close to what their expectations were, so... That's what happens in this league. Um, but before I get into the Browns and everything from the NFL this weekend, because it was a wild weekend in the NFL, um, I want to talk some Buckeyes and also some Cavs, which I have not talked about in quite a while because I've just been in football mode. But um, I have caught a couple of the recent Cavs games, and I'm really excited about what I'm seeing. Um, so I just wanted to touch on some of that. Um, first, if you could just take two seconds, though, leave me a reviewer rating um, on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, follow all those things, share with a friend. I appreciate all of that stuff. So if you could just take two seconds of your time and do it, that would be great. Okay, Cavs. I love Evan Mobley. Very, very excited about what we have seen from him so far. I know it's only been a couple games, but in terms of rookies, that we've had a lot of very high draft picks over the years. Mobley might be the guy I've been most excited about since like Kyrie or like even LeBron. (laughs) He obviously he's 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 not LeBron, um, but in terms of excitement for what you're seeing early on from someone, he is very very high on that list. Um, so far, he the Cavs are, are, are actually playing currently right now tonight. Um, so prior to this game, he's been averaging 13.4 points per game, 7.6 rebounds per game, and 2.6 assists per game. Um, and tonight, the Cavs are playing uh, Charlotte, and they are up by 11 right now. So let's hope that when you're listening to this, we could say it was a W. Um, but the other thing I, I, I really, really like that I'm seeing from Evan Mobley is his defense. And I think that's a general sentiment I have of the team right now is that they're playing really, really tough defense. Uh, the only thing that concerns me is I also felt that way at the beginning of last season. I thought we were playing tough defense and then we ended up having one of the worst defenses in the league by the end of the year. Felt like we kind of kind of gave up a little bit at some point, which happens. Um, but I'm really excited about what I'm seeing from him on defense He's just playing scrappy around the basket, and I I love it. It's also funny to watch him out there because you can just tell um, by his scrawniness that he is a rookie, and I feel like you can always tell that in the NBA of who has not spent some time with 
strength and conditioning people and trainers uh, that long in the league yet that uh, they're, they're going to put some more meat on those bones. But uh, right now he just looks so skinny out there. Um, but he's playing great basketball, so I'm, I'm so excited about him and that we, we have him on our team. Um, we feel like a well-rounded team, even though I know we, we've got a lot of seven-footers. We were at the very beginning of the season starting three seven-footers, which is pretty wild, um, but it's everything's been working decently well so far. Kevin Love's been playing a lot better. Jared Allen, awesome. Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, awesome. They're, they've both kind of taken a slight level up from, from last season. Um, and the other big thing that stands out to me in just the NBA in general right now is that I love the change this year that fouls are getting called less. I was so sick of players just shooting for the foul and not shooting to actually make the shot. It just, I think it makes the game a lot better overall to reward really good defense and don't allow guys to throw up lazy shots constantly because they're, they know they're going to get a call when they're not even making a real basketball move uh, to make that shot. I think it's going to elevate the game. I've seen a couple players complain about it already. Um, I can't remember who exactly was complaining. I think James Harden and a couple other guys um, who are very used to getting those calls and have kind of formed their game around it in some ways. And they're just going to have to learn to readjust and play um, tougher basketball. And you just can't do that anymore. So I hope they keep up with it because I think it it makes the game better uh, and tougher and more interesting as a viewer. It's annoying when you know a guy did not even intend on actually making a shot that's a frustrating way to watch a game. So I'm excited about this. I'm excited about the Cavs. I think there's a lot of potential there. Um, we've won against some tough teams. It, it was really, it, it was hard watching that game against the Lakers because I really, really wanted um, to beat them. But I mean, we played a tough game for most of the time. It's We've hung in with these teams that we're losing to even for usually the first three quarters, three and a half quarters, and then we kind of blow it there at the end. But we're still a young team, and that's going to happen. I mean, most of our guys are like under 24 years old, so that's going to happen uh, when you don't have that experience yet. Um, I also did see that LeBron commented on how good uh, Evan Mobley looks and um, how the Cavs look in general right now. And I just, I'm not getting my hopes up, but I am getting my hopes up because it just makes me envision a future where LeBron can retire in Cleveland maybe Bronny comes into the league um, and they can play together on the Cavs. It would be pretty amazing. Um, LeBron's also commented a few times this season how weird it is for him now that he is playing against guys um, like Evan Mobley because Evan Mobley actually played against Bronny. Um, So I'm sure that is a very surreal experience when you look at these guys as kids who are playing with your kid and now they're in the same league as you I'm sure that's making him feel extremely old um, but also just shows how impressive it it is that LeBron has been doing what he's been doing for so long and still playing at such a high level I think he's a little less than 1500 points away from number two on the all-time scoring list very exciting I think he as long as he stays healthy he could pass that this season so He's still just rocking and rolling, and I don't, I don't see him slowing down uh, anytime soon here. But who knows? Okay, getting into Ohio State. So 
always feels good to beat Penn State. It's um, a classic game. I feel like it's become a very important game to Ohio State, at least over the most recent years. Sometimes it feels almost more important than when we play that team up north. Um, I know when I was in college, we always took the Penn State matchup very seriously. It was always a close game. I had one year where Ohio State was ranked six and Penn State was ranked two. And Ohio State won, I believe it was like by one point, I want to say it was 38-37 or something really close like that, uh, stormed the field. It was the coolest feeling in the world. Um, and so I was happy to see the students be able to storm the field after the game. I know a lot of people are going to hate on that because Penn State was ranked 20. Um, so you would think that that would not be a time you would storm the field, but I think that matchup is just so important that it makes sense. And I'm, I am never going to be one of those people that hate on students for storming the field because you don't get to do that that often when you're in college. And it's such a cool experience. It's just kids trying to have some fun. Like it's not harming anyone. Just let them go out there and do it. It's a really cool experience to be standing there, standing there on that field, looking up in the shoe. It's so cool. So I'm never going to hate on that. I don't care what the the rankings were going into that game. It's always a close, hard-fought game, as we saw. Um, and I'm happy we got the win. It w- there were some things in this game that kind of brought me back to a couple of the first games this season where I was a little bit unsure of this team. Um, still definitely major improvements from where we were against like Oregon back in week two, but um, it... it Overall, still, we looked a lot better, even given those mistakes. Uh, Something that was weird, though, I felt like we could never get our run game going at all. Trevion Henderson really was only getting like two-yard gains or almost no gains on a couple runs. He obviously had that massive breakaway 68-yard touchdown, which was awesome. But other than that, he really wasn't getting anywhere. And I don't know if that was the line not find you know getting him the holes that he needs or or quite what was going on there, but. yeah, that was it was hard at first because we just couldn't couldn't get any of that going. Um, I still have some concerns about our defense as well. Sometimes our soft coverage that we we have kind of reminds me of the Browns sometimes, and not in a good way. Um, I don't I don't like playing scared defense where it feels like you're just trying to get through the game. Um, I, I think you, you got to play a little bit tighter. The soft coverage gets boring. I don't want to keep giving up these 15-yard plays, wide open receivers, uh, because they're trying to just not give away, you know, a 50-yard bomb. Giving up 50-yard or 15-yard plays consistently still hurts your team a lot. Um, So I, I struggle watching that at times, but Penn State's a good team. I'm happy we got the win. Their quarterback looked healthy again, so um, makes it made it even tougher of a matchup. Uh, and I, I'm glad we got it. We still have some big games left. Obviously, um, there was the other big game this weekend: Michigan State and that team up north. And Michigan State won, which I'm thrilled about. I will never, ever, ever root for that team up north to win in any circumstance. So. Um, not that I like Michigan State that much either, but um, that was a, a pretty wild game to watch. Uh, and the Big Ten is is competitive for sure. So we've got big games left and a lot to prove. If we can just keep winning and win out, we'll be in those playoffs. Oh, and my last other college football thought before I get into NFL, 
I actually um, was just reading Kirk Gerbstreet's book that he came out with, and there were a lot of really interesting nuggets in it just about his career as um, a quarterback at Ohio State. He's he spent a lot of time as a backup, didn't really have a, a great career, um, but you know, really goes into his career in sports media, starting off in radio and just working his way into TV, doing college game day over the years. Um, but I think the most interesting part of the book to me was learning about his relationship with his father, who also played at Ohio State, was a coach for a very long time. Um, his dad worked with Woody Hayes. Um, and the coolest thing for me was he made a comment that Woody Hayes, out of you know everything he did in his career, he, I mean, he was with Ohio State for a long time, had a ton of success in football, but the best and greatest day of his life was giving a commencement speech at Ohio State in 1986, I believe. Um, And that was actually my dad's commencement at Ohio State. So it was kind of a cool moment reading that. I had to read it a couple times, count the years on my fingers, and realize um, that was the year that I I knew Woody spoke at my dad's commencement. I wasn't sure if he did it multiple times, so I didn't know if it was that year, but that was the year he did it. And he, Woody referred to that as the greatest day of his life. And uh, I know it really stuck with my dad as well. I've talked I believe like a year or two ago on this podcast about that speech that Woody gave um, and how good it was and it left such an impact on my dad I know and it's pretty cool that it actually left that big of an impact on Woody as well himself that it, it meant so much to him to be able to do that so very very cool okay getting in to NFL what a weekend it, there were so many games that were totally backwards from uh, any common knowledge that we all had about what was happening in the league. I was so frustrated last night when I got back from being out and about for the Browns game and I was reading what happened in all of these other games and my jaw was on the floor because I just, I don't understand how we are all so wrong all the time. It feels like the league is even more chaotic this year than I want to say it has been in a long time. Um, The Bengals losing to the Jets, pretty wild. Mike White, maybe the next star quarterback in this league. Who knows? An incredible game for him. I think everyone thought the Bengals were going to win that game, especially um, after a big win against the Ravens. They've played really well lately, and they blew it to a a Jets team that is not supposed to be that good and was missing their rookie QB who is injured. Um, and a guy named Mike White, the most normal name ever, was going into the game. I don't think anyone expected that. The Chargers losing to the Patriots, another one I thought was a bit unexpected, but Bill Belichick kind of, I don't know, has has some type of hold over Brandon Staley and um, uh, Justin Herbert team there. So you know, it, it is what it is. Um, Saints beat the Bucks. Also didn't expect that. Uh, I thought the Bucks were going to handle the Saints pretty well, but I know they struggled against the Saints last year. Thought it might be different because Drew Brees isn't there anymore. It wasn't different. <laughs> um, the big thing out of that game, though, was Jameis Winston being hurt with a torn ACL, and he will be out for the year, unfortunately. Uh, there were some other injuries this weekend as well. Derek Henry foot injury that is... They said potentially season-ending, but they think he might be able to come back this year. I'm not sure quite 
where that timetable is at right now. That was the latest I saw, um, which it wasn't that shocking to me that he had that injury because I know there are some um, durability concerns with the amount of production he has had. It's just not sustainable to keep um, running at the level that he has been running the ball. And um, I mean, he was doing great. He was in MVP conversations and that pretty much kind of ruined it. Um, but that that's what happens with running backs. You can't expect them to produce at that same level for an entire season this many years into his career. Um, but he's he's had a phenomenal year, so you have to give that to him for sure. Um, other shocking one for me personally was the Eagles beating the Lions 44-6 to when everyone, including myself, thought that the Lions would get their first win this week, felt like it was the right place on the schedule for them to do it, weren't able to get it done. Um, and then the other big one, Thursday night football, Packers beating the Cardinals. I at least got that one right. I felt like the Packers were playing with house money because they had so many guys out there were COVID issues. There were injury issues. It just felt like everyone was picking against them. And I, for some reason felt like Aaron Rodgers was going to find a way to get it done. Um, and it was a, it was a hard fought game and pretty wild the way it ended with Kyler throwing that interception when all they had to do was just, you know, kick a field goal could have been really easy. And then he does that and completely, blows the chances. Um, I mean, it wasn't even on Kyler, really. It was the receiver who uh, I don't think his mind was present at the moment. He was turning around like he was not um, ready for the ball to be where placed where it was. Uh, and it was an, a pretty easy interception, actually. So that was a, a fun ending. Um, and the Packers continue to roll on after losing to the Saints in week one and we thought the world was ending Jordan Love replaced Aaron Rodgers in the fourth quarter and here we are all these weeks later they haven't lost since uh and giving the Cardinals their first loss of the season which we all felt like that had to come at some point it was going to happen um but still a very very great team as well okay one last thing before Browns and Steelers Von Miller to the Rams interesting. Um, the Rams are just never going to have any draft picks for the next decade, it feels like at this rate with how often they give up draft picks. Um, but that's clear. They're very serious uh, about their season and their chances of making a run in uh, the playoffs, potentially getting to a Super Bowl. They're obviously taking that very seriously because Von Miller is an outstanding player who has been with the Broncos for a very long time. And I know Broncos fans are very sad to be losing him. I would be too. It's hard when you lose someone that feels like a, a staple in your franchise. So I do feel for them, but the Rams are, they're taking it seriously. Okay. Brown Steelers. Um, <laughs> it's hard to even know where to begin. This is, this was not what anyone wanted or expected this season. I felt like going into the year, when you see the two Steelers games on the schedule, you really felt like we could win both of those. So it's really frustrating to lose and also to lose 15 to 10, one of the most pathetic scores I've ever seen. Um, it, and it was just a bad game. And it's weird because... it. A lot of people had the thought, I think, I know I had the thought after the game that it was eerily similar to the game against the Raiders 
last season. Um, just a lot of dropped passes that were right into the, the receiver's hands. Um, and Baker looked good, in my opinion. I, I know the Baker conversation is going to continue. I don't even want to debate that on this episode. I feel like I have screamed into a void how I feel about it and I'm just it's not getting anywhere anymore so I'm not going to dig into that at this point but I thought he played a good game the drops killed us the drops hurt what you see his stat line is in the game but I don't really feel like that was all on him he was 20 of 31 with 224 yards um, and I would consider anywhere from five to seven of those incompletions drops by the receiver pass catcher if it was a tight end whoever it was Um, I would consider five to seven of those so that that even improves his, his stat line even more it would have been either 25 or 27 of 31 if some of those were were caught. Um, a few of those could be subjective still. Some people could say Bigger could have placed them a little bit better, but I feel like somewhere in that range, all of those balls could have been caught and they weren't. Um, and it was really frustrating. Uh, the Jarvis fumble really hurt the game. We had so much momentum going at that point. We were going down for a drive to win and that really, really ruined it. You can't win games when you do stuff like that. Um, and it, the weirdest thing about the way everything went in this game was I have time hop, which tells me on my social media what I said one year ago on that day, two years ago on that day, just kind of giving you um, the last years of what you were tweeting or posting or saying on that day. And my tweet from one year ago today in the Raiders game that I just mentioned felt eerily similar. I had said, I hope the narrative doesn't turn back into hating on Baker after this. He played a good game. It's hard to win a game with that many big drops. (laughs) And my jaw was on the floor when I saw that the sentiment is nearly the same exactly one year later on how I felt about that game. It's kind of weird that the pattern was continuing. Um, I guess the positive you can take of that is we did go on to uh, make the playoffs and win a playoff game last season, but... Um, we also had a much easier schedule last season than we do for the rest of the season. Got a ton of big games left. Two against the Bengals, two against the Ravens, one more against the Steelers. We've got to play the Packers. I mean, we've got games. The Patriots, they're starting to get a lot better. We've got games left on our schedule. And so I'm not feeling great about what I see for the rest of the season, but um, it is... Good to know that those things can happen and we could still potentially make the playoffs. Um, but I, I feel for Baker because obviously at the end of the day, things do fall on the quarterback. That's what happens when you are the leader of the team. Um, and I know he's going to take accountability for those things. But I mean, when the ball is literally right in Austin Hooper's hands and Jarvis's hands and OBJ's hands and whoever freaking else dropped... <laughs> a pass yesterday, Higgins, it's really hard to um, just put all of that on Baker and not ask the question on why our receivers aren't stepping up to the plate in those moments. Um, That is literally their job and it's frustrating when they're not doing it. 
um, because it also is going to continue driving this narrative on Baker. And I am not saying that Baker is anywhere near perfect. He has a lot he needs to work on as well, but I think putting the entire weight of the game onto him just doesn't make any sense to me because of how egregious some of those drops were um, and how just in general very hard they were to watch it. It stops momentum. It's frustrating. It frustrates the player. It starts to get in their head. It gets in everyone else's head. It felt like we couldn't get anything going yesterday. There was no real momentum because the drops continued to hurt us, not only physically on the field, but mentally on moving forward in that game. And I just hate losing to the Steelers. Uh, It is not something I enjoy doing. We've done it for a very long time. And I just I thought this was the year we weren't going to be losing to them anymore, so it's frustrating, but got to keep going. We've got a big game coming up this coming weekend in Cincinnati. I will be going to the game. I'm excited. I don't want to lose because I don't want to be in Cincinnati with happy Bengals fans and be sad Browns fans. I just don't want to do it. So we need to win that game. <laughs> I just We have to do it. I'm not going below 500. It's not acceptable. That is not what this season is supposed to be. So I'm hoping we can get it done. Either way, I'm excited to go to Cincy, see the stadium. I've never been to that stadium before. I haven't been to Cincinnati in quite a while. So um, it should be a fun, fun weekend and a fun game. And hopefully we can get it done. And we just keep moving forward. Um Yeah, I mean, not much else to say other than the same repetitive things I've said for the last couple weeks on what we've been doing wrong. I'm just going to repeat the same things (laughs) that, that we've done. Okay, so that is all I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. Like I said at the beginning, review, rating, follow, subscribe, share with a friend, all of that good stuff. I really appreciate it. Sorry for the scratchy voice again. It's just how it is on Mondays during football season. Uh and go Browns.